It's sex and the Sarah Rose story. I'm Sarah Rose, and today the story is about sex sneaks, the techniques of good sex. And really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting stories about sex to listen to. But what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training, and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six-month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wished you knew and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now and there will be links there for you. Thanks. Enjoy the show. And now I have a very important announcement to make. I'm here today with Kenneth Play. Kenneth Play is an international sex expert and sex educator from a deeply insecure Asian immigrant to 8 million views on Pornhub and being named the world's greatest sex hacker by GQ. Kenneth develops sex techniques to help couples learn new ways to connect and overcome challenges in the bedroom. His newest course features over 71 videos and 12 hours of content and was described by Ask Men as having at least one nugget of sexual learning you've almost certainly never encountered before, if not several. His teachings have been described as a mashup of Bruce Lee's mixed martial arts approach and Tim Ferriss's 80-20 rule. Meanwhile, he co-founded the globally recognized sex-positive international community, Hacienda Villa, teamed up with Dr. Oh, I'm going to mess this up, Zana uh, Ringalova, <laughs> hopefully I did that okay, uh, to conduct the world's largest survey on squirting. Worked with Pamela Madsen at the Back to the Body Sensual Retreats for Women, been featured presenter at a, at New York University and San Jose State University, and his projects have been featured in Vice, Thrillist, Refinery29, New York Times, Playboy, and Cosmopolitan. He has devoted his life to empowering couples to close the orgasm gap and experience the best connected sex of their lives. Welcome, Kenneth. Amazing to have you here. So grateful for you to be here sharing all this incredible information that you have. And just thank you for doing this work. <laughs> so grateful Hi. to have you out there in the world doing this. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on your podcast and talk about female pleasure. 
I know. I just love the uh, the connection that we have made together. I'm and really grateful for you know you reaching out and like initiating that in the time when I was like just crazy busy and and not being like really receptive and you were awesome at just like staying in there and that like shows me kind of it it shows me the type of person that you are and like how effective you are like the teachings that you have that you present in sexuality how they impact our entire lives and it like for me it just has shown like the kind of person you are reflecting in your own life you know so it's not just in the bedroom it's like how our sexuality is like full compassing you know it's like we we uh how we are in one spot impacts all of us so I think you're awesome really glad that you're here and I would love to hear more about your story and how you got started in all of this well I'm probably the world's most unlikely (laughs) porn star on Pornhub right now I mean I teach I primarily have sex education video on Pornhub and so being a shy Asian immigrant in in the U.S., I moved here from Hong Kong when I was 11. And it was, and it was quite challenging being in the U.S., being Asian immigrant at that time. Casual racism was still kind of, you know, popular at that time. And both Asian male sexuality is like butt of a joke with penis size to just like, you just not the hot one, you know? So at, at the same time, was quite sexual and horny all the time. So if you are what you think about the most, I'd probably be a pair of boobs. So it was a quite confusing time to to being deeply insecure to most of my 20s until I decided to kind of like hack my sex life like I hacked my fitness life. So I thought I could get girls to really like me if I transform my body and 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 to look like a superhero. So I was really into biohacking, fitness hacking, and I got myself there. And also I became a personal trainer at that time. So I transformed thousands of people's lives and got them fitness results. But I was like still deeply insecure, even with that body when it comes to the bedroom. So I was like, I got to do something about this. I wasn't happy and not living the sex life I want. So at a very low point of my love life, after I had this terrible breakup and about two years, I didn't have any sex. I was like, yeah, let me try to hack my sex life with the way I did with my fitness. So I went on this crazy journey on learning everything I can about sex. I found a sex positive community where I went to a lot of sex parties and got enough courage to go do all that. And it really actually changed my life significantly. And, and I gotten so from so insecure to so good that a party organizer asked me to teach a class and I never thought I would teach fitness, but because of my fitness background, I was comfortable with teaching. So I decided to teach a squirting class live at a sex party. Nice. And then, uh, and then something magical happened on that class where I didn't know the skill transfer or the skill acquisition is so fast in sex. You know, in fitness, if I want to change somebody's fitness life, it's like months and months and years of journey to kind of like get them where they ultimately want to be. If I'm teaching squirting, I could teach it live. And within like an hour, I could turn a non-squirter to a squirter. I could teach a bunch of men who never had that skill before to learn about G-Spot and what is effective touch and, and how to calibrate it. So... So I got like a whole room to squirt at the same time. I was like, holy shit, there's something here. And then I, I gotten closer to the community. And when my fitness startup failed, 
in my I'm 38 now turning 39 so that was about nine years ago I decided to kind of shift my life into like building sex positive community and then the teaching kind of start from there and then the rest of his history well that's so amazing I love that story and so now you're on Pornhub tell us about that well, I, I, at first I was developing, you know, after teaching that first, I call it play lab at that sex party, I got really nerdy and geeky about how do I actually like create sex app that I want to see? Because for a really long time, I was like, where do you find those videos and books? So when you read a book on sex, it's so hard to translate. It's like someone's like, you reading a book about riding a bike, it's so hard to like take it into a real world application. And any videos I found either is too slow or it feels like I'm doing homework because it's, I'm learning, I'm seeing a bunch of diagram, I'm seeing where the clitoris is, but how does it transfer into like a real world scenario? Then when there's a video, it's usually porn star who like, you know, have a whiteboard or something, they draw some diagram and then they just go have sex. There's no like show and tell like what we did in the fitness industry. So I decided to kind of make my version of what I think the most effective sex app would be. So when I start teaching PlayLab at my community, I broke it into three parts. I would do a TED Talk-like lecture where it's short and concise, like less than 17 minutes, make sure like I get the key concept in there. Then I do a real-world demo, and then I have my all the uh, students to practice. You know, there usually is a couple class, so they practice like a fitness drill. Like if you could imagine an acro yoga class when you're doing that with your partner, and I'm like guiding the whole room to synchronize them, mm-hmm. and holy shit, that worked. And then, then I just keep refining that process, and I decided to shoot a video like with my friends just to just to see if it could work on video. And then I just post it for free on Pornhub. And that's 2015. And then it just catch fire and people loved it because never saw that particular format. And then I just go like, this is a, like a market for it. And I just, and I really, it, it is the fastest way to share that content because if I just did it live, I only could reach, you know, like 20 something people each time. And that's just ineffective. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're you're doing is able to reach a lot more people. It's great. That's the amazing thing with the internet is we have such a global reach now. And I realized one thing, most people's sex education would start off online first. Like it's not like they go to seek out a coach like their first step. They they want to be informed first. So and most people are shy. I mean, to come to a squirting workshop with their partner, with other couples, it's quite challenging. So, so that's also accessibility is why I made it too. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions that I get most often from guys is about penis size. What do you say to guys when they come to you and they're concerned about the size of their penis? Well, I'm a proud owner of average size penis. And my cock is 5.6 inches long, which is like I'm smack in the middle of like most cock sizes around five to six inches depend on so many different studies. But the idea is that most guys think when I'm teaching sex is to compensate for it, for your penis. Most people penis fits into the bell curve. So they're challenging things when it comes to penis size. The representation is like you're only watching the NBA like on how tall someone is. So everybody's super tall in the NBA. While most guys are like my height, like I'm 5'9", 
So even shoe size, if you imagine like all the shoes you ever see is size 14 and above on porn. Mm-hmm. But most people's feet is like 9 to 11, 8, like around there. Right. Same thing with vagina, right? <laughs> like it's, it's a very special vagina to fit a size 14 in there, believe right. me. So they all, <laughs> it's not like, oh, she's so tight. She's a size 3 and then she's fucking a size 14. That shit just don't work in real world, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so. It's like foot binding back in China, for God's sake. So there's 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 a genital compatibility when it comes to like vagina size and and penis size, and most guys are perfectly fine. So I thought in my whole life, my being like five nines is that I feel like I'm like three foot eight. You know, that's the feeling I got mm. while I'm like perfectly normal height, like as an individual. And I never felt good enough. And when I dive into the learning. Most, you know, like 18% of women could orgasm from penetrative sex alone, penis to vagina alone. So most of the time when guys only worry about their size, their endurance, right, and and their erection, they can, like, they fail four out of, you know, four out of five times. It's like taking a girl out to dinner where she could only order appetizers. She would never get full. Like, that's insane. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So all the, yeah, all the skills are are not necessarily working for most women. So, so, and there's so many other sex hacks that is missing for men to understand exactly like what female orgasm or pleasure is like. Most women don't know their body enough to explain it to you or never had good enough experience, right? With partner sex. Mm-hmm. So I see all the problems that are, that are like relational to technical to just general understanding. And I just see, I, I like the first message is I don't want guys to feel like they're getting skilled because they need conversation because their cock is perfectly fine most of the time. It's all the psychological anxiety they feel, like all the performance anxiety. They worry about their size. They worry about like their erection and how long they could last. And there's so much confidence that people could build when they just are better, like really good at sex and understand female pleasure. And they could take, their partner to places they've never been before. So I just obsessed with the science. Yeah. What is so if a guy doesn't have an average size penis and is actually like on the smaller side or micro penis or even an inverted penis, have you worked with guys that have that? Not a lot, but enough. And I think they're I when it really comes down to like is your partner like their primary sexual preference and pleasure is penetrated sex, right? In in, but I've probably gotten more girls off with my finger than you know, and my finger, my cock is way bigger than my finger. So a lot of time, it's not necessarily like is is it creating the sensation she needs in order for that particular woman to orgasm, and. I would say that for most men, they are perfectly fine. And even if they think their cock is too small, most of the time it still works. It's just, if they, if they, if they come into the situation like they're not enough, then their the behavior automatically sets them to, to failure. And believe me, if you look at any study, most lesbian or, or women who have sex with other women have significantly higher percentage of satisfaction or like leading to orgasm than you having a guy with a penis. So, I will confirm that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 
people think is like the penis. I'm not like I'm not against the penis. I think is a wonderful tool, but it usually is not the thing that like oh that would do the job most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I am having sex with women, like it's incredible. I mean, I want to say every single time because I've had sex with women that were you know kind of shut down, you know, and like they just weren't able to open up. I mean, really, there was just like one woman in particular, like she just was. She seemed very nervous and had a lot of like stuff that she had to work through personally. So there's that. But all the other women that I've had sex with, like it's been amazing. And, you know, there's, and we're not even using, you know, strap ons or anything like that. It's mostly fingers, tongues, maybe a, a dildo from time to time, but like mostly it's just like what we have. And it's amazing. So you're absolutely right. Like if women can satisfy each other without a penis, guys absolutely can too. And and there is, there's so much of this psychological and emotional stuff that they get wrapped up in when it comes to the size of their cock and their sexuality in general. Yeah. It's, you know, the other thing is when it comes to like penis and vagina sex, people get really hung up on it the likelihood of your partner having an orgasm with your penis alone dramatically increases if you had a couple orgasms already. So that's the other side. You're trying to use your cock as a starter tool. Not like, like it's not the right, it's not the right strategy most of the time. Like eight, like one out of five, that's what you're working with, you know? So to me, sex hacking is sort of like this method of card counting in Vegas when you like know the math. So you're like increase your likelihood to win. So it's kind of thinking sex that way too. Mm -hmm. So talk about multiple orgasms. That's something that a lot of, since I teach Tantra, a lot of guys come to me, they're really excited to learn that. And we haven't even talked about your take on all of it. So I'd love to hear it. Well, multiple orgasm for women is, is different from men. Right, but general generally, uh, multiple orgasm for women is that you could break it down to different different type. So one is that she had a couple orgasm throughout a a session of sex, so it happens at random time, and then there's consecutive orgasm, meaning that is one after the other, and then there's extended orgasm if is prolonged or like the stop and start doesn't really feel like there's a transition and just coming and coming and like kind of rolling orgasm. And different ancient practices has different names for those experiences. And with science, there is there's different kind of wavelength that that people look for. So one out of seven women is someone who could, according to one study, is a push through, meaning that you could continue stimulating the same way, meaning whatever that gets her going, if you keep doing that, it just keeps happening. The other one is that they need rest in between. So the way I, I teach it. Is that just say if you're stimulating clitoris, like with your hand, with your finger, with your with a vibrator, after that orgasm, the peak climax, let's call that climax, there it becomes oversensitive, kind of like men. But the rest, the rest time in between is more like doing a set. So if you just like did the set of push-up, right? You get at the lactic acid threshold, but you could rest about like 30 seconds or a minute and you could go again. So for for many women, they don't know that that could happen again immediately after. It's just like, oh, is game over? So a lot of times is that you have to figure out the rest period 
of that particular nerve ending. Also, there's a way to kind of keep the arousal and the sexual energy going. So just say if she had an orgasm that is induced by external stimulation of her clit, you could transfer that to give her more stimulation off on her G-spot internally or A-spot and reduce the stimulation on the clit, just like holding it. And then you could still keep building that fire until the system resets. So, so a lot of times I rotate different sites after, after she learns how to have more orgasm induced by different region of her clitoris. So the clitoris reach from external to all the way internal. So all of it, all the spots still, most of the time you're hitting the clitoris. Or to get nerdier, there's four nerves ultimately that reach back to the brain. So as long as you're touching something that could potentially induce the orgasm, it all feels not the same. There's two, two specific feelings that she experienced. Some is localized and some is full body. So so the localized somatic nerve, they're, they're more radiating kind of like a good kind of stomach ache, internal feeling that's from your visceral nerve. So if you kind of know, know where things are and how to rotate those, you could kind of like keep switching. So, so it's like having a good steak and then you move into dessert and your second stomach open and you just kind of keep eating and keep going. So I love blending ex- extended orgasm or like those uh, rolling uh, one after the other consecutive orgasm by stimulating different regions so those nerve endings could rest a little bit. And if she learns how to breathe and being in her body the whole time. So there's so much orgasmic potential that people could experience, but they never, they never knew that it's even possible. I don't know if that's too nerdy of an answer, but... No, it's great. It's in uh, blending pleasure is something that I work with guys on in their own bodies. And also when I teach women, like how to have orgasms in different parts of their bodies, it's the same. It's like uh, how to blend that pleasure. And then also for men to be able to help women with that. It's like once you're, once you're have pleasure happening in one part of the body, then you can like, I think the word you used for it was transfer, transfer that pleasure like from clitoris to, to G-spot and blend that. And so what it, what it does is it creates association. You already have the pleasure happening in the body and it, you're able just to like magnify it and even start to have orgasms as part of the body where maybe uh, you haven't before. So that's, I love how you, po- how you did all of that. What do you think of um, multiple orgasms for men? That's something I'm working on with myself. I actually find that uh, it's definitely a practice and quite challenging. When it comes to the female brain, like they're kind of default built. Like 47% have experienced multiple orgasm. When women masturbate, they usually come more than once. So for men, obviously, we have our brain become like not responsive to sexual stimulation after you orgasm. So the idea of separating your ejaculation from your orgasm is definitely possible, and I have experienced that in my body. But just like a spectrum, there are certain men who have a nervous system that is more tuned to that, and then there is some that are a little bit more challenging. I think the reason that I I find the fascination with female pleasure is that I'm in the less sensitive side on that spectrum. So lately, I've been practicing how to separate the, the sort of 
involuntary movement that happens when your orgasm, okay, when you reach the, the point of no return, sort of the set of like uh, involuntary contraction and, and processes that happen in your body to learn how to play with that amount till I gain mastery over it. But I think the, the real lesson here is you know, we look at sexuality as like this innate default natural thing without any training. And in the fit, in my fitness world, and I know you do jujitsu too, there's so much potential when you train yourself. So most people are like untrained till they start practicing. And I think the training is where where is so valuable when it comes to sexuality that we are missing that as a, in the culture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's natural to be healthy, but who's going to be healthy if we don't work at it, right? It's not yeah. natural to be fit, but if we just sit around and don't do anything, we're not going to be fit. So, you know, it's actually, it's, it's natural to know how to fight and protect yourself. But if you don't train, you're not going to know how you're not going to be any good at it. So there are a lot of things that are natural to us, but in order to be good at it, we still have to train, you know, like Conor McGregor, he didn't get to be like at the top by not training, right? Even though fighting is natural. So it's definitely, I think what, and people are waking up to this idea now when it comes to sexuality and you and I are definitely on the forefront of people that are like pushing this idea and letting, uh, you know, people be aware of this component because it's not something that in the past has really been a thing that people even talk about, you know, sex has been so taboo and we're, we're breaking through it, but there still is a lot of work to be done in Western culture around this. And so, but I, I just love like when guys work with you or work with me or any of the other sex experts, how they're like really the ones leading the way, paving the way, you know, because if you think about it in the past, sex was not for pleasure purposes, you know, like we, we went through such a, a period of, of sex just being for, you know, just uh, a release uh, for a release for men, procreation purposes, and really that's it. Women's pleasure was not part of the equation. So it's not really guys' fault if they don't know how to pleasure a woman because it just has not been part of the culture. And, and now it is for the first time really like at the forefront of it. You know, we've gone through the first wave of sexual revolution, which is like, okay, you can, you know, have sex with whoever you want. There's not really the taboos of sex outside of marriage anymore, that type of thing. But now we're in this new phase of sexual revolution, which is more of an internal sexual, sexual revolution and how it feels to us. Like, how does sex actually feel? Does it feel as good as it possibly can feel? And for most people, that answer is no. No. <laughs> and that's why, and that's why, you know, we're doing this, providing this information to actually train people so that sex can feel as good as it can possibly feel. And it, it, it makes me absolutely crazy because sort of the default narrative on mainstream is that men are inherently selfish and better. I think that's fucking completely bullshit, you know? I think there's so many caring, like loving men out there. And we just all rob of a good sexification. It's not a lack of care. Sometimes it's just they don't understand. Both parties don't understand. So I, that's why I'm so passionate about offering 
education program where they actually they could gain the skill. So we, to your point, is more like we're all hungry, but not everybody knows how to cook. There's a million ways to like cook an egg and make delicious different dishes out of the single ingredient. However, there's many like there's many people could fuck up an egg and make it too dry, you know, and then right. taste like shit. You still get the nutritional value most of the time, but it's just not an enjoyable experience. So I'm really into thinking about sex hacking, like what we did with food, that we could, you know, in one way, just hungry and getting nutrition. And that's kind of the natural process, like that uh, instinctual desire, but to enjoy food the way that humans is enjoying food right now, taking that and make it into sexuality where we could optimize sexual experiences. Also reach for new potential that we don't even know we have. And the, only, the biggest revolution or, or growth when it comes to female pleasure is only in the sex tech industry when it comes to sex toy. And I'm really, really, really passionate about uh, partner sex where we could elevate that experience to like a Michelin star, Michelin star chef level, you know? Yes, absolutely. So how do you teach guys to make her squirt? <laughs> So I teach them about like a little bit about the science and background about squirting and understand like the expulsion of fluid from the body. But there's two main, there's two main distinction. One is, one is voluntary and one's involuntary. So the voluntary one that she knows to learn her body and know when to contract and release her muscle and knows her body really well. The involuntary one is for most non-squirters is a reflex sort of in the G-spot region for most women when there's enough velocity and pressure in a pleasurable way. It kind of, you know, it's like a, if, if, if the guy's at home and you use your index finger to tap between your eyes, you automatically blink. So you kind of have to tap that reflex in order for that to kind of release and happen. But one of the things that most men doesn't know is that if you imagine you're a woman and then the myth is that you should like, like your virginity really matters. So when most women start masturbating, they would just touch themselves externally to reach orgasm. And the first time they, for many women, the first time they have penetrative sex, when they G-start is stimulated with your finger or with your penis, it feels like a little bit like you got to pee. That's the sensation. And the automatic reaction from that sensation is like, oh shit, I don't want to pee on my partner. This is so weird and embarrassing. So they clinch down, right? To kind of not experience that. It disassociate from the pleasure into embarrassment and they don't know how to release and let go of that tension. So the first thing I think is a little bit of coaching with your partner is that when they feel that specific sensation, bearing down and relaxing is kind of key. And they also need enough stimulation. So there's something in sex science called from nerve innovation to sensory threshold. So there's a, there's a sweet spot to how much sensation until it triggers a response. So you both have to have her associate that sensation with something positive and also give her enough sensation that it reaches that zone. And then also it triggers a reflex. So most first time squirter, if you're doing the technique right, which you can watch it on my video and there's a free one on Pornhub, you wanna start there first or on my website. And from there, if you do all those elements correctly in a pleasurable setting and her mind is in a receiving experience or exploring sensation, then 
it could be the first time she ever just not trying to regulate her sensation of her body. And sometimes first time squirter end up having a lot of crying experience because it's a, it's a moment of surrender and trust. So all of it, that's why I love teaching squirting because it encompasses so many things when it comes to sex. So I think it's a beautiful thing to learn. Yeah, one breath technique that uh, could help women here is the open mouth inhale and exhale that helps them get into a place of surrender. So if they're breathing in and out of their mouth without connecting their breath at all, so it's just... Keeping up that breath, it's going to shut down the cortex, shut down the, the limbic system, help them get deeper into the primal brain, the sensations in their body, and will help facilitate that space of surrender. So adding that technique into it could also help women get there. I will never forget the first time that I squirted. It was incredible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I... Um, so it was, I live in Austin and South by Southwest is a big event uh, that happens there every spring. Uh, it's like, there's all the tech people, all the media people, movies, um, like all that stuff is just huge. It goes on for three weeks, tons of conferences happening, parties nonstop. It's like my favorite time of the year because the dating apps are full of fresh meat. <laughs> and like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> and like, which one am I going to get today? Which one am I going to get this hour? <laughs> and so there was a guy that I was in from LA and we matched and he was like totally just absolutely my type. I just thought he was incredibly gorgeous. And he's from Spain. He has like one of the like heavy accent, super sexy actor. And so he was there promoting a movie and I ended up going, meeting up with him at his hotel. And we got, I like walked into the hotel room and he's like lay down and I was like, all right. So I laid down and he just like went after my body. Like, and I started squirting so much, literally drenched the freaking hotel room. And I was like, before that, like, I was one of those women that was like, well, I guess, you know, maybe I can squirt, but I don't know. It just hasn't happened. But once I had that experience and then it was like, oh, I can do that. My body was like, I know I can do it. My brain was like, I know I can do it. Now it's super easy, you know? And so for guys having that technique to take women there to be able to facilitate that for them is really important because if you're not able to do it for her, then it's not going to happen. So definitely learn how to do it. If, you know, like sex skill is so funny because, you know, I mean, to be honest, women do judge you whether you have those skills or not. Like if they have a lover that could take them somewhere and you can, it's like literally a guy who doesn't know how to drive. It's a weird thing when you dated a guy who know how to get you to, to another place and you have one that can't. It's a weird thing. So I think there's like a baseline skill that most men should master. You know, it's like a foundation thing. It's, it's not, we're not even talking about like, like mastery. And, and one of the, the, 
one of my design factor when it comes to my course is that I want to teach them the most useful, like 20% of technique that produce 80% of the result. Like as you and I know, when it comes to sexual mastery, there's a lot of practice, you know, to get to that like final 20%. But the first 80%, you know, it's not that hard. Like jujitsu, you can learn a lot of basic and fundamental first. Mastery happens, takes forever. But to get to the basic where you could do most things, uh, not even basic, when you could master their like, fundamentals, it will take you so far that I, I don't think most men even know that is possible. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's exactly what I tell guys. It's like, you, these are the things, these are the basics, these are the fundamentals that you just have to learn. And then, like, just for like forget about it in the terms of like get out of your head about it like it's like learning how to walk right you learn how to walk and then you just walk you don't even think about it anymore and that's how these these fundamentals need to be treated like these are just the things that every man needs to know how to do and then it's just there he's in the moment like he's just he's just walking right you're just in the big game and you're not like overthinking it at all and and that's really a, a thing that I see with a lot of guys is just the overthinking of it all. And then they get in their head and they're not able to experience pleasure. They're not able to be in the moment of it with it. Many guys are not able to experience surrender in sex. And they're, they're very, I agree with what you say, like how there's this ideology, this cultural myth that men are selfish lovers. And yeah, there are definitely guys out there that are selfish selfish lovers. I have definitely encountered them. But the majority of guys, especially guys that are coming, you know, to to better themselves, they're doing this because they want to be better in bed. They they want to please the woman that they're with. And that, you know, they're really looking at it from that perspective. But what I see happens with men is they get so focused on pleasing the woman that they they miss out on their own pleasure. And from a woman's perspective, having sex with a guy that is also in his pleasure is deeply satisfying. You know, like mm-hmm. I love having sex with a guy and he's just like in bliss, you know, like he's really like in that and not just in the space of focusing on my pleasure. So it's it's both. And uh, what do you what do you say about that surrender aspect for men? It's super important. I like uh, Betty Martin's model where you could distinct like, are you touching her for her pleasure or are you touching her for your pleasure? And the more insight and like nuances that you learn, then you know how to kind of like turn it on and off. It's more like the yin and yang balance for me. And one of, the, one of the things that I find so delicious is that when you have the confidence and skill to really pleasure her, there's a moment that, of reciprocity that is real. When a woman really wants you to enjoy her because she has enjoyed sex so much, I think those moments are so delicious to fully dive into my pleasure. So, so this is like a timing thing. So sometimes it's happening like simultaneously where both people, what they're doing is mutually pleasurable and blissful. And sometimes there's like a taking turn element to it. But I love, uh, I'm quite kinky too. There is a level of like real submission and surrender when my partner fully want to offer like her body to me fully for my pleasure. And I find that so beautiful when you earn it. I don't, like, at least that's my perspective. 
Yeah, I had this question come up from a guy recently saying, well, do women feel that it's not masculine for a guy to surrender? And I know you and I have both done work with domination and submission, um, you know, and kind of how that that plays into the polarity of the, the sexual relationship. But what do you think around that specifically? Like, do you feel that it's not masculine for a man to surrender during sex? Well, surrender and the receiving end, when she wants to be more dominant, giving you pleasure, and she wants you to surrender, I think that's a beautiful polarity flow. So as long as the polarity exists, meaning on either side of the energy, and both people like authentically desire it, then when, cha- like, when the energy flow, and it's a beautiful experience, is I think when people are both fighting for like too many chefs in the kitchen kind of feeling, that's when it doesn't feel good. So I don't think there's a fixed, like, I don't think there's a fixed, like, this is only should be, like, energy should only float this way. I don't think it's effective. Although I would say, like, on a, like, baseline on the percentage of people have that preference, it really depends. So you got to meet a woman that enjoys that, you know, on, like, when energy flows that way. But I also think it's sometimes it's not, like, always, it's a ticking turn in what ratio so you could, there's times that I think being in my surrender is beautiful. It just, but if you date a woman that don't like, if you'd like that all the time and you don't have masculine energy, then that might be a polarity issue. Mm-hmm. And I was w- thinking back to some of my own experiences working with a dom and me being the sub and feeling like really knowing that even though he was, you know, the one, the dominant and I was a submissive and I was in my surrender to him and in my surrender to my pleasure. Also, I can feel in those moments that I work with him that he is also fully in his pleasure as the dom. And I can Mm. feel that, you know, it's not that he is just, you know, he's not just there doing his job of like, okay, here I am to like make sure she gets off or, you know, gets whatever I've asked him to to do for me in that particular scene. Like he is facilitating all of that. And he's also like fully in his pleasure in the experience and being a dom at the same time. And I think that is a level of mastery that is above and and beyond more like the fundamentals that we're talking about is like being able to like go almost into to multiple parts of yourself at the same time. And, and that's a real, a real skill to, to strive towards um, in sexual mastery. Yeah, and, and the reverse is beautiful too. You know, a lot of women desire to be in that dominant role when you're, we, like when the men are fully surrendered to like having her, like trust her. And also when she has mastery in her sex skill, it's so delicious. So I've been at times in that receiving end where I'm like experienced, especially with colleagues, like pro friends. They're so good at it. It's mind-blowing. And I think there's a lot of times like guys going to get like tantra massages or sexological body work is in that, is not, might not be kinky, but when you are like in the cares of like, like skill hands and skill like energy is amazing. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's the thing, like 
people really getting these skills so that way your lover feels like she is in the hands of a master, you know, and, and women as well, like women developing their skills so that way you feel as men that you are being cared for in the hands of a master. And like, it's, it is taking sex to the next level. Like everyone's just out there having this peanut butter and jelly sex and like, let's start having gourmet sex, you know? And, you know, it's not to say that like, we don't want a hot dog every now and then, like a good fuck is as good, like a, a quickie, yeah. like that, that's great. But you don't want to be eating that every single day, you know, like <laughs> the majority of our life, we want to be like really having food that's like, nourishing our bodies making us feel vibrant and alive and amazing and like sex can do that for our bodies it can make us feel whole and complete and just like so safe inside it can make us feel like we've been seen it can make us feel like we belong we're fully loved like sex has so much potential to like break through a lot of the the psychological emotional things that we deal with uh, as a species right now and so like learning these techniques is really important to to being just like elevating your your sex life but elevating your entire life yeah I, I use this cheesy line all the time no one regrets being great at sex <laughs> it's not gonna go you know, it's not even that much information to me. It's like it's about one college semester worth of like mastery or information. So if you could like really dive in for at least a fundamental and getting to their, getting to be, I mean, for most receiver, it's going to be mastery. Like you got to think of most guys shows up with a bus pass on a date, you know, and they'd be lucky if they could drive a car. Like if you gain those skills, you're like rolling up with your private jet where you know how to fucking fly it. And that's like, that's hot, you know? That's so. fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> because you know that motherfucker could take you to Italy for lunch. Yes. And that's really what's going to make her wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the competition is at bus pass level. That's where it's at, you know, just that guys know. The average bros are rolling up with bus passes. So, <laughs> all right. So it's time for the ask the professor segment. I have some questions that have come in this week that I picked because they were in alignment with our topic today. So Sam asks what he can do to get his girlfriend more excited about trying new things in bed. Do you have any suggestions? I think it's. Well, before you try new things, I like, I have so many guys who ask me, how do I get my wife or my girlfriend to have anal sex with me? And my answer is always be good at everything else first. So work on being present and work on connecting with her first. Because if you don't have that, there's no trust into trying new things. So the first time is actually going back in and work on the basic, fully being present and connected with her. Know that she could feel that you care for her. And then her willingness to open up is, is, is trust is really the foundation. So like I love when I took that workshop with you and Om, the amount of the quality attention piece, I think that's so valuable. So work on your quality of attention first. And then introduction happened when you built trust to new things. 
Yes, absolutely. And that was actually the entire episode last week was all about that. So if you're listening to this now and you want to go deeper into that, hop back to uh, the relationship hacks episode um, from last week. Okay, that's a great answer. And I definitely agree with everything you said there. I have another question. So Asher says that he and his wife have been together for 15 years and they only have missionary sex. What can he do to break out of this pattern? Well, I think having better, like, again, back to their whole trust and communication and also having conversation outside the bedroom instead of just busting a new move, like out of nowhere, is sometimes not the best sort of strategy i would say actually having a conversation or open-hearted you know trust trusting conversation outside the bedroom and talking about it you might discover because sometimes both people will fall into a pattern and don't want to change things because they want they don't want to disrupt what they know because there's a lot of fear on unknown so I believe that a lot of conversation is actually more effective to have outside the bedroom first and talk about it. Is it something that she desires? Do you guys have their sort of culture in your relationship where you could talk about this? Or you feel like you expect me to do this and I expect you to do that. So let's not like change anything could be the culture you establish. So I would actually just have a conversation about it first. Yeah, so many couples are afraid of conflict in the relationship and and I say this kind of also in the same breath knowing that there is a lot of conflict in many relationships but guys in particular they they may not want to push something they may not want to speak up because they're afraid that if they do she might leave them and that's a very unattractive man to be with a man that is afraid to be himself out of fear and women will sense that on the deepest levels that you you don't have sovereignty that you are willing to go with the flow or you know just be a people pleaser in order to you know not rock the boat and it's it's a very unattractive place and so while a woman may not say that she will feel that she will feel that in you and she will actually be turned off by it so I say this also, you know, there's, there is a way to communicate. There's a way to build trust. It's not just, you know, being an asshole of it's my way or the highway type thing. (laughs) That's not definitely not what we're looking for either. And, but, but really like knowing who you are and being willing to, 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 to be that, to show up as that man, to state what your desires are, to state what your fears are that's a really attractive guy. You know, that's a man that has confidence and confidence is what is very attractive. And a lot of times we reduce those conversations. Like I want to try new things in bed. Don't forget that our erotic brain is really about context. So if you could share why you want to do that and what you care about, like the experience you want to share with her, that's more than like, Hey, I want to try doggy, you know? <laughs> so don't reduce that conversation to the, just the technical side of things but really share the context and why, you know, your desires and, you know, the experience that you want to create and and a journey that you want to share with her. 
Yeah. And also like understanding your own deeper desires around it. Like, like, why do you want to try doggy style? Why do you want to try anal? Like, okay, we've got that. That's a desire there. That's valid. But what is underneath that desire? And then what is underneath that desire? And what is underneath that desire? And keep going down until you actually get to your true core desires and see what's really there for you. Uh, and, and only you can do that work. Only you can find that out for yourself. And it's not to say that, you know, doggy or anal isn't a, a valid desire, but most likely there's something even deeper there. And then once you get to that place and are able to meet those core desires, that's going to satiate you more. Not to say you can't still have doggy style or anal sex, like that's great, but you may have those things and still not meet your core desire if you haven't actually found out what that truly is. You know, it's so unfortunate because so many couples have both have like really like deep desire. They just never reveal to each other and they like spend five, 10, 20 years, never know they have such inter like, like, potential compatibility things like they both kinky but they just never shared it because it wasn't okay or like they both really want to do this but they just don't have their their culture or the communication skill to share that is fine i see that all the time when i coach couples live you mean for the last 15 years we were both into this thing is is quite incredible and sad sometimes so <laughs> i want to give you enough courage to really like talk and, and communicate yeah absolutely all right, so uh, we always play a card game here. So it's actually my friend Erin Hickok. She hosts a lot of these shows with me. She has a intimacy card deck, and we do. Uh, it's all about like let's talk about sex. And so I'm going to ask you a question from the card deck. And all right, Kenneth, here's your question. I practice self love by working out. <laughs> I, I, lo I love I love training. I think that's one place where I feel that like I'm doing a thing for my body. I get to pay attention and not think about other stuff. So I really treat working out like as my church time in many levels. Not just I think the physical experience, like I like walking meditation more than sitting still. But there's something that I could get into this space and flow. And that's when I feel kind of nourished and reset for my stressful day sometimes. And okay, I'll ask you another one. Something I don't like about sex is? Something I don't like about sex is? I think there is, like when there's desire discrepancy, I think one of the things that, that, in our culture, men want sex all the time. And also being in my sort of industry and my own sex life, I, we don't always want it. And I feel like we have the shame when the women want it and we don't want it. And not able to speak up for our own desire, our own boundary has been challenging. So I'm still learning how to navigate that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you have been an incredible guest. Thank you so much for being here. All of the links to find Kenneth are in the show notes. So definitely check that out. But Kenneth, what is your website? It's kennethplay.com. So K-E-N-N-E-T-H-P-L-A-Y.com. And then you can find most of my social media handle under Kenneth Play as well. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. I'm so excited to continue our collaborations together. 
and I will see you soon. Also, by the way, I set up a discount code for any of your audience to get 30% off my course. So just use Rose, all lowercase, as your discount code for your audience. So I'm so glad that you have me on your show and I love to, I mean, I had this incredible experience learning from you already from a workshop and I'd love to work more with you. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I didn't even know you're doing that. What a surprise. You're amazing. Aw, thank you. I love you. <laughs> mm. All right. And that's our story and we're sticking to it. Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode. And if you want to learn about how you can work with me and Kenneth. Until next time, lovers.